We are in chapter 6 in Shmuel Bet, where King David is trying to bring that ark from Kiryat Ya'arim to Ir David in Jerusalem. And everything seemed to be coming along just fine. We have this joyous procession of the ark making its way to Jerusalem. And then very suddenly, tragedy strikes and Uzzah, who is escorting the ark, is struck down. And we discussed in depth uh, in our last year what went wrong why Uzzah was punished, what were the sins involved that brought about this sudden tragedy. And a lot of people may be familiar with this story because we read it once a year in the synagogues on Pasha Shemini, right? Every Shabbat, you have to read an episode from the prophets, from the book of the prophets that relates to the Pasha of that particular week. And in Pasha Shemini, that's in the book of Leviticus, we have the famous and very sad story where Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu, they are also very suddenly put to death while they were doing service in the tabernacle. Just as Uzzah was serving Hashem and escorting the ark, Nadav and Avihu were struck down while doing their service in the tabernacle. So you can obviously see how the story of Nadav and Avihu is very connected to our story about Uzzah here. And by the way, I always say that, thank God that the rabbis instituted that every Shabbat, we have to read something from the prophets. Because as we've mentioned many times, the Tanakh is neglected. It's left on the shelf, even in yeshivas. They're learning Gomorrah, Gomorrah, Gomorrah all day. The Talmud, very little Tanakh. But the episode of Uzzah and the Ark, oh, that Jews know. You know why? Because it's the Haftorah on Pasha Shmini, so we have to read it once a year. And before continuing in the verses, I want to talk a little bit about the tragic death of Uzzah. And the death of the Davan Avihu too, the sons of Aaron, who were struck down while trying to serve Hashem. And it's very easy to say that, you know, it's not fair. Why did Hashem punish these very righteous Jews so harshly for a mistake they made? Okay, they made a mistake, but my God, in the scheme of things, it wasn't that severe. What they did wrong didn't seem to be worthy of a death penalty. What, Uzzah tried to stop the ark from falling off the cart? He's got to get killed for that? And so this is kind of a general question, really. Why are righteous people, even children, why do they suffer untimely deaths? A lot of times it doesn't seem fair. So Rabbi Kahana, in his book, Or Arayon, The Jewish Idea, he has a chapter called Chaim Vamavit, Life and Death. And he relates to this question, specifically to the deaths of Uzzah and the sons of Aaron. And he writes the following, and I'm just summarizing it a little bit here. First of all, we have to realize that the life on this earth, we think that's everything, right? Oh, we're living now, that's it. When you die, there's nothing after. No, we forget that there is a world to come and the life on this earth is a passage for the world to come. After this life, we enter a world of truth. Olam Abba, that's a basic tenet in Judaism. This world isn't everything. It's not all there is. And so, being that's the case, in order to teach people fundamental lessons, God will sometimes shorten people's lives. Sometimes those who pass away, they can be righteous, innocent people, even children. And God shows no favoritism, even to the righteous. Like we saw, he killed the sons of Aaron, the Davan Avihu, who are obvious tzaddikim. God took their souls. Not only did he take their souls, but he did it on the most joyous and holy day of their lives. They were performing service in the Hanukkah Mishkan. It was the tabernacle's dedication. And on that day, which was supposed to be a great day for everybody, that's when they died. And think of the great suffering that caused to their parents, Aaron, and their mother, Elisheva. Now let's get into it for a minute. What was the major sin of the Davan Avihu, the sons of Aaron there? 
The major sin was that in their joy and enthusiasm, they entered the Holy of Holies and they offered a strange fire from the incense. That's the pshat. Whatever they did, they did it with an intent to praise Hashem. They had great intentions, just like Uzzah had good intentions. He was just trying to stop the ark from falling off the cart. So we go back to the question, why were they punished so severely? And the answer is because God wanted to instill in us the fundamental lesson of what? Reverence, fear of the temple. Because the Holy of Holies, that serves as the seat of the divine presence. The temple is a model of the real world as God created it. So that's heavy stuff. And so you have to be fearful to even approach the place of God's glory. That's why you have Kohanim and Leviim doing Mishmarot. They're guarding the grounds of the sanctuary all the time. You got the Levites, the Kohanim, only the Levites and the Kohanim who can do the Avodah. And they themselves are restricted. The high priest can only enter the Holy of Holies once a year. Remember when the Philistines sent the ark to Beit Shemesh and the people of Beit Shemesh were smitten just because of the way they gazed at the ark? Because they didn't show it. The proper reverence. And so the bottom line is that the story of Nadav and Avihu and of Uzzah and what happened to them, that was established by God as an eternal warning and everlasting memorial for reverence for the sanctuary and fear of God. And so, you know, we feel awful for what happened to Uzzah, but we got to look at the big picture. We have to look in what the purpose of life is. And we have to remember there's a life after this life, a life of eternal reward. It's not really over for them. And I'll read now the words of Rabbi Meir Kahana in his chapter, uh, Chayim Vamavit, Life and Death. He says like this, God gives us life on this earth to perform a specific task, which is to bring the world to holiness, purity, humility, acceptance of God's yoke. This being the case, when the times demand it, God might also remove someone from this earth to teach a specific idea. So that's what happened. Uzu was punished and Adav and Avihu were punished because God wanted to convey an idea, fear, awe, and reverence for the temple. God made an example out of them. Okay, let's get back to where we were. As we learned in Oleshior, Uzzah has been struck dead, and that kind of put a damper on the whole celebration that was going on. Seriously, how do you continue? What do you do now? Do you still try to bring the ark to Jerusalem? Okay, so that's David's dilemma. Let's pick it up where we left off in verse 8. Ve'yichar David, And David was... Angry, Vayichal David could also mean he was upset. We'll look at the Perushim there. Alasher paratz Hashem, peretz pauza. He was upset because the Lord had broken forth. He paratz, we saw that word before. He broke forth upon Uza. That is, he struck Uza down. And that place where Uza was struck down, it's called peretz Uza until this day. Again, we have that word paratz pauza. Hashem broke forth against Uza. Okay, so a lot of times we see that a place is named after a memorable event that happened there. And this is really an honor that's given to Uzzah, that where he was struck down, that place was named after him because he died for the ark. And as we mentioned, through him, we learned the need to revere the ark. Hashem used him as his vehicle for that. So that honors him. Just like we look at Nadav and Avihu as pure tzaddikim, Uzzah also goes into the books as a tzaddik. But let's look at the beginning of the verse, Ve'yichar David, that David was upset or angry. And the mitzvah that David says, Alatzmochara, he was angry at himself. He wasn't angry at anybody else. He was angry at himself because he was also careless in not observing the proper law regarding the ark. Ve'yered David et Hashem ve'yomahu. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. Ve'yomer, and he said, Ech yavo elai Aron Hashem. 
How can I have the ark of the Lord come to me? Okay, so the simple understanding of the verse is David's afraid after what happened to Uzzah, and he's saying, how can I have the ark come to me? How can I do this again? This is dangerous. This is dangerous. I got to make sure I do it according to halacha. And he's saying, how can I have the ark come to me? Meaning, how can I technically do it? So I do it according to the Jewish law, so this doesn't happen again. But the commentator of the Malbim says something pretty interesting. When David says, how can I bring the ark of the Lord? He's not talking about the technical problem of doing it the right way. But according to the Malbim, when David says, how can I bring the ark of the Lord? He means something else. And this is what the Malbim says. David When David was serving Hashem, he always did it out of simcha, out of joy. But now that he was fear of the punishment after what happened to Uzzah, he was full of fear. As the verse says, David, and David was afraid. He went down from his madrega. His level of, let's say, spirituality was lowered because he's usually serving Hashem with simcha and ava. Now he's in the mode of yira only, fear of Hashem, which for most people is good enough. You know, you have two levels. You have fear of God and love of God. And of course, love is a higher level than fear. And for David, he wants to do it out of love and simcha. He doesn't want to do the mitzvahs because he's afraid. And that's why the verse says, David feared Hashem that day. He doesn't want to bring the ark out of fear. He wants to bring it out of simcha and joy. That's what David means. How can I bring the ark? Not the technical halachic issue, but he's not in the proper mood. That's what the Malbim says he means. So we continue to verse 10. And so David, he would not, or he wasn't willing to remove the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. So that's it. David put a stop order on it. He is not going to bring that ark a second time into the city of David. What did he do instead? So what did he do? He, he took it to the house of a person named Ovededom the Gittite. So David still wants to bring the ark to Jerusalem, but he's afraid to try it again. So he brings the ark to this fellow named Oved Edom Hagiti. Now we know from Chronicles that this man was a Levite. So why is he called the Giti? That means he's from the city of Gat, which is a Philistine city, but I guess Jews lived there too at one point, on and off. And the name Oved could be short for Ovadia, or Oved also means to work or to serve. So he was a Levite. So maybe his name was Oved because he served Hashem in the tabernacle. Okay, verse 11, what happened while the ark was with Oved Edom Agiti? It says, And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Oved Edom the Gittite for three months. And the Lord blessed Oved Edom and his entire household. Okay, so after the tragedy with Uzzah, there's a bad feeling about the ark. It's like the ox angry with the Jewish people. That's the feeling, and it's liable to inflict more punishment. Nobody wants any more tragedies. The ark at this point was seen as something very threatening. So how do you know things are okay now? You know things are okay when the ark starts to bring blessings to those around it, and not curses. So what blessing did the ark bring? It says here in this verse that it brought blessings to the household of Oved. And what blessings did it bring? Well, it doesn't say anything here, but if you jump to Chronicles 26, verse 5, you see that a bunch of kids were born to Oved and his wife. You got a bunch of children and grandchildren listed in those verses, and that's what we call Birkat Banim, Birkat Banim. 
the blessing of children is the greatest bracha of all. And so that was the blessing that was bestowed upon Oved. And obviously it was something out of the ordinary. Like in those three months, there were born to him tons of children and grandchildren, something out of the ordinary. And so as the Abarbanel says, this blessing to the household counteracted the ill feeling or the uneasiness that accumulated towards the ark as a result of Uzzah's death. And let's not even mention what happened in Beit Shemesh way before that, where a bunch of people were stricken dead. And so with the blessing that Oved's household received, that gave David a sign that all is forgiven. Okay, that means David has the green light now to try again with the ark. Let's try it again. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Oved Edom and everything he has. The blessing came because of the Ark of God. Oh, so that gives David the green light. So David went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Oved Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. So David got his simcha back, his joy returned to him. Because now David knows that God has forgiven Israel for the sins concerning the ark. And the sages say that David learned the following principle. That it's not the ark that kills, it's the sins that kill. That is, you can't blame the ark. you got to blame the sins. That is, don't look at the ark as some killer. It's the sins that are the killers. And that, by the way, is a lesson in all aspects. You know, it's like saying... It's not the gun that kills you. It's the guy shooting the gun, right? Okay, so let's just look at the end of that verse again. David, and David went. He brought up the Aaron from Beit Oved Adom, Bisimcha. He brought it with joy. And the Malbim points out, He didn't do it out of fear. He did it out of Simcha. He did it with joy. Now, the Abarbanel has a very interesting commentary here. He compares what it says with Uzzah, the first time they tried to bring the Ark to Jerusalem, and what it says here. The first time they brought the ark up, when Uzzah got struck down, what did it say? It says, David v'chol beit Yisrael misachekim. You have an extra word in there. It doesn't just say simcha. It says misachekim. The word misachekim indicates a certain amount of kalut rosh, that they were kind of frivolous. In other words, simcha is very important. You have to do the mitzvah with simcha. But misachekim connotes simcha without any restrictions. Kind of like when you get drunk on New Year's Eve and everybody's all happy, but it's not the happiness that has holiness attached to it. So the Abarbanel points out that this time it says, V'yal besimcha. It doesn't say mischachakim, just joy. They did it with simcha. And then the Abarbanel brings Aristotle, believe it or not, the philosopher. And Aristotle says, Shahachayim ameusharim, that somebody wants a happy life. Him besimcha, avalo b'schok. It's by being in simcha with joy, but not b'schok. Not joking around. You see the difference? Schok is like the word joke. Joking around and clowning around. That's not true happiness. That's not simcha. And King Solomon says the same thing in Kohelet chapter 2. There's a difference between simcha and schok. So what the Abarbanel is doing here is he's giving another reason why the first time they brought the Aaron, why Uzzah was punished, why it didn't work, and why tragedy struck. Because they were lightheaded a little bit. Misachakim. The simcha was without gvulot, it was unhinged. But this time, it's a simcha of mitzvah, as they say. Now, what's interesting is that if you look at chapter 15 in Chronicles 1, you'll get the parallel narrative with a lot more details. You have names of the participants. You get a play-by-play description of how the ark was brought to the city of David. We'll look at that a little bit later. Let's do one more verse. 
And when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord, they had taken six steps. They would sacrifice a bull and a calf. So that's interesting why every six steps they stop and sacrifice something. You see that today when you have a hach, let's not say for Torah, like the fancy ones, that every once in a while they'll stop and they're not going to sacrifice anything, but they'll shoot off fireworks or something like that. But what's this thing about taking six steps and stopping? So the Redak says they took six steps and they stopped on the seventh step, actually. And they offered the sacrifice because seven, you know, seven is an important number. Lucky seven. God created the world in six days and the seventh he rested. You know, seven is big. Now, I read something else, which is interesting. It could be that when Uzzah got struck down that first time, he had walked six steps and then he got hit. And so now the second time around, they're walking six steps, you know, very gingerly, and they're stopping to see what happened. Make sure no lightning is going to strike him down. And when they were okay and not smitten, they offered a sacrifice saying, thank God, this is working. So according to that, you know, they're shell-shocked by what happened last time with Uzzah, and they're being very cautious, and they're also being grateful by offering a sacrifice every six steps. Now in Chronicles, the parallel chapter, again, chapter 15 of Chronicles 1, has some very interesting information to add, and I'll read it here. It says like this, And the sons of the Levites carried the ark of God as Moses had commanded in accordance with the word of Hashem on their shoulders with the poles on them. So this, so this verse in Chronicles is showing explicitly how they're fixing what happened last time. And we went into great depth last time, how the whole procession wasn't done properly. They weren't carrying the ark on their shoulders. They weren't carrying by the poles. Here it says explicitly that they're doing it the right way according to what Moshe commanded them. And by the way, Moses commanded them how to carry the ark properly with the poles. That's in Numbers chapter 7, verse 9. There explicitly it says that the Levites have to carry the ark on their shoulders. And so this verse in Chronicles is explaining how they did it right according to what Moses had commanded. Now what's really important to point out is the order of all these events starting from chapter 5. There's a difference in the book of Shmuel that we're learning and the way it's recorded in Chronicles. In our book of Shmuel, what happened? David conquered the Ivesites. Then he had a war with the Philistines. And then he brought the Aron. The first time it didn't work, the second time it did. That's the order. But in Chronicles, it's different. And this might be significant. In Chronicles, he conquered the Yivisites. Then he tried to bring the ark to Ir David, to the city of David. Uzzah got struck down and the whole thing was stopped in its tracks. The next event, according to Chronicles, was that David was attacked by the Philistines those two times. He had two major wars with the Philistines, defeated the Philistines, and after that, he brought the ark successfully the second time to Ir David. So that's a big difference. That means in between the first and second attempt to bring the ark, that's when the Philistines made their attack, which means that they might have felt a weakness in David's kingdom after Uzzah got struck down on that first attempt. That's when they attacked, feeling there might be a spiritual weakness there. Maybe they felt that after that tragedy to the Jewish people, Israel was vulnerable spiritually, and that's why they went on the attack. So taking a broader look at this, since David's kingdom began, it has not been easy. First, he had to conquer the Yivusites with Yoav crawling through the water pipes. He was getting mocked by the lame and the blind. And then he tries to bring the ark and he has this tragedy occur. And with all that, you got the Philistines attacking him. So what do we see here? That the beginning of David's kingdom was a huge struggle. It was really fighting for its very existence. He's got to conquer Jerusalem. He's trying to bring the ark. 
the Philistines are attacking from all over the place, from Beit Lechem and from Emek Rephaim. When you think about all these events put together, David's kingdom is fighting for its very life over here. The Philistines are trying to squash David's kingdom in its infancy. And we'll stop here and the chapter's not finished because, because we'll see as David is escorting the ark with great joy and Simcha, his wife Michal thinks he's maybe too happy and too joyous. We'll check that out next time.